Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Listen, I'm excited about this series that we're going to be entering because love is such an important thing that we need to learn about. So this is one of those messages that if you have a notepad or you need to take some notes, get your, um, we're going to go in a little study mode here um, because we need to know what love is all about. Because if we don't know what love is all about, matter of fact, we're going to be lost in a world of love. You know, because there, if you're single, you're looking for love. If you're married, you're in love, you know, but, and then if you're in the middle, you're just figuring things out, you know, kind of situation, looking for this thing we call love. We say God is love. So if we don't understand what love is all about and we don't understand what this thing is love, our our concept of love is going to be structured around either a lie or truth, lie or truth. And um, so that's what we're really going to be talking about. We're going to dissect what love is really about. And um, this this message is probably not going to be a drop down. We're probably not going to be falling people out in the spirit. But we're going to be learning what love is all about. And it's so important to know about what that. I, feel, I believe in the in the in the in years that we in, in these in years love the word love has kind of diminished because we talk about love in a concept of a relational you know concept but then in the same breath we talk about like like random things like we say I love pizza do you really love pizza I mean yeah I mean look at me um I love sports I love ice cream I love cars I love makeup I love nail salons thank you I knew somebody was there. I love clothes. I love Starbucks. You know, some people are like, I just, I just love, Star- I can't be without my Starbucks. I'm in love with Starbucks. And people are like, just marry it then, you know? But we have to understand that word love holds some weight to it. The word love holds weight to it. And sometimes we cheapen the word because we put it in, 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 in the way of random things. You know, but God has, God really talks about love and, and the, the definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection, an intense feeling of deep affection. So I'm not telling us to not like, you know, use the word love in other ways, but I want us to understand the, the definition and what it's all about so we can understand when love really comes to us, we identifying it in the right way or we're not falling to the lies of the enemy when it comes to love. Because we can't fall to the lie of the enemy when it comes to love. Because the enemy comes, what he does, he comes to steal, kill, steal, and destroy us. So he's going to mask love with certain things. And we're going to think we're in love in, the, in, in that concept, but we're not really in love. We're in different things that we're going to be talking about today. I remember the first time I told my wife I loved her. Remember the first time I told her I loved her? I felt the butterflies. And, you know, you know we're going to talk about relationships a little bit today, okay? Um, and, you know, the first time I told her, because love, what really love does, it takes you out of the stage of I like you. You know when you're first dating and you don't want to say I love you because you know it's a little weight and you're like, I just, I, 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 I like you. You're talking on the phone and you're like, you know, I just, I just like you a lot, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Or love takes you out of the friend zone. Who's been friend zone before? Who's in friend zone right now? 
It takes you out of that friend zone. Uh, love takes you out of, um, you're just special to me. You, you didn't have to be, guys, ladies, you know, you're, like, you're just, I, there's something about you. You're like, you don't want to say love because you know it takes you to that next level. You're just like, you're just special. I just like you a lot. Because love has weight to it. Love means I'm serious enough to say this, this word to you because I see it probably more um, in you for my life. You know, so love is, is so important. And in the Bible, it talks about this word love in multiple ways that we can learn about today. We can't live in love if we don't know what love is. We can't live in love if we don't know what love is, and if we look at love through the eyes of culture, we're going to be messed up. See, culture tells us love is lust. Culture tells us love is comparison. Um, culture tells us that love is hopeless because if you're not in love, you're, you're, just, you're just a loser. I mean, it, it literally tells us that. Uh, love tells us, you know, love doesn't have a final rose. Who watches The Bachelor? Or bachelorette, right? We we have a, a show and these concept of love of how can you date fifty women and then in two weeks you're in love. It don't happen. But there's a culture that believes that that's what love is. And if we don't love anything, if anything this message brings is us to give an awareness of what love is and how we can teach love to the people around us, of how the Bible says what love is all about. Love is not a final rose because when you get in marriage or you get in relationship, you ain't getting a reward later. Guess what? You're getting arguments sometimes. You're getting, you know, it ain't, it ain't that. You barely get a rose. It's Valentine's Day, you get a rose, all right? But love is more. It's so much more. There's different types of love that the Bible talks about. And I want you to kind of, I'm going to kind of read here just to kind of, you know, teach us about this concept of love. The first concept of love is phileo love, all right? And this comes in the, in, you heard this before, it's kind of the, what Philadelphia is all about. It's, it's the city of brotherly Love. And um, so the word phileo means expressly used in the Bible to refer a warmth of close friendship, um, which is actually it's so close as a friendship. It's like siblings. You know, those people that are friends, but they're like especially uh, Spanish people. I, and I, I can talk for Spanish people because I am one. All right. Everybody's your cousin. You know, everybody's your cousin. Who's this person? That's my cousin. You know, that's my brother. You know, like, oh, and then, you know, you get together, like, they don't look, they're not the same parents. It's, oh, oh, they're really my friend, and we just call each other cousins, you know. It's, a, it's that kind of love. It's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an affection of brotherly love to enough to feel like you're your family, like your family. Phileo love is in the scripture. It describes here when, when Jesus went and um, saw uh, to the death of Lazarus. You know, when Lazarus, that Jesus and Lazarus were best friends. And then it says that what Jesus wept, he's shown in a, in a, 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 like a, an emotion to the death of Lazarus because there was this connection of brotherly love. And because Lazarus was dead, it hurt Jesus because it, it was that phileo love that he was expressing in that moment of a friend, 
of a friend. We're going to be talking about that next week. I want to really break down this uh, phileo love because it really identifies our relationships and friendships and also in just us being human as well. So you need to come next week and talk about that. We're going to talk about that. In the scriptures, we talk about, you see, in Lazarus and how Jesus wept in that. And that's, that actually is found in John chapter 11, verse 33 and 35. Write that down. You can read it later. It shows you that Jesus wept and he showed emotion because of his friend passing away. The, the second type of love that the Bible identifies is eros love. This is where all the men are like, wonka, wonka, wow, wow. We like this love. You guys got to give me more today. All right, I'm struggling. I, I want to stand up and preach to you, but I'm trying to teach to you. So, you know, talk back to me. Eros love re, uh, refers to romance and a sexual love. It is rooted from the, uh, it, the English word that's rooted is erotic. Uh, eros love is sexual love in itself is it not, is not impure, but it's a gift from God for married couples so they can express love to another and also continue the human race. So God put this word uh, eros love, the concept of love, of, of sexual love in there for that way. While eros love doesn't appear in the Bible, really, we really identify it in, the, in one of the books called the Books of Solomon, which is written, um, to, gives you this virtue of passion and love that uh, between a husband and a wife. And um, the, the Book of Songs of Solomon begins with this bride professing his passionate love to her husband. It says it like this in, Sol in Solomon, Songs of Solomon 1, verse 1. It says, let me kiss him with the kisses of my mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Woo. Why don't you guys write that down and don't even quote the Bible. Man, you're good, all right? It, the Song of Solomon is clear. God identifies this married couple, their love and emotional and physical love for each other. Notably, here's the thing. The Eros love can only, um, is, is the only type of love that if practiced without restraint becomes sin. This is the only love that if you practice this kind of love without restraint, it, it ultimately becomes sin. The Bible warns us of Eros love, Eros love become without boundaries amounts to sexual immorality. Without boundaries, without, you know, God gives us this love, but it's supposed to be in this boundaries of marriage. But if we go over those boundaries, it becomes sin in our life and it becomes sexual immorality. And it's quoted here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 18 and Galatians chapter 5 and 19, if you want to look at that later on. It's because eros love can tear relationships apart if it's only focused on self-gratification. It's an important type of love. God is, uh, I gave us this kind of love, but if it's not in the boundaries of what he identifies it to be, it can actually be a sin in our life. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Another type of love is agape love. Agape love. Agape love is the highest level of love referenced in the Bible. Its form of love is everlasting, sacrificial, whatever, whatever or not the giver receives in the same level as he returned. In the, re, in the original Greek translation, uh, translation of the scriptures, it says God is Love And the word agape was significant using to identify the type of love that God embodies, that he is love. He is love. And that's um, looked in 1 John chapter 4 
and 8. The word agape described by the uh, by Paul in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4, and 8, it, it really is that famous, you know, when everybody talks about love, is that famous verse that everybody uses. You know, love is patient, love is kind. And this is that kind of love that, that they were talking about in there is that agape love, is that sacrificial love. And um, it clearly here in Paul talks about, it's clear too that this agape love is what? Perfect love. Perfect love. And it's displayed God displayed his perfect love by him sacrificing his son for the atonement of our sins that through who believes in him shall have what? Eternal life. It's, it's agape love. It's the love that God embodies for us that, that he, he doesn't look at our past to determine our future. He just loves us because we are his and he is mine. Is that sacrificial love. These are, these are types of love that the Bible referenced. And like I said, in the next couple of weeks, we're really going to be hitting on two of them. But I really want to focus on relationships today. And um, let's look at that, that verse, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 8. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it is not envy, it is not boast, it is not proud, it is not dishonor an other, it, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in what? Truth. It protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. See, through the Bible, this identification of love, it, it, it's so practical that we can really use it in our life. But let's take it even more practical. Let's take what, this, what the Bible is talking about of love. And let's see, before we know what love is, we need to know what love isn't. We need to know what love isn't. Let's get real today. And I'm going straight for some people here. I'm going straight for my life because we need to understand that these things are not love, but we're identifying them as love. And we have to know what God is saying. So what is not love first? What, what is, what, love isn't feelings. Love isn't feelings. In relationships, it's all about the feels, you know, what the, the vibes. The feels. If I don't feel it, it ain't love. I understand that. But you can either rise on your feelings or you can fall on your feelings. Feelings aren't something that is stable in your life. Let's just be real with ourselves. Sometimes our feelings go crazy and we are crazy. To try to identify that with love and if you're in a love relationship and your feelings aren't attached to that love relationship and you're married, what's got, why are the divorce rates so high? Because people are just thinking it's love, but it's really just a feeling. We, feeling our feelings are not stable in our love relationships. It's like that concept of the, the parable of the, you know, building your house on the sand and then building your house on the rock. We can use that, which is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 27. We can apply this to love as well. If we build our, our life, or we build our love life on real love, it will be stable. If we build our life on the truth of God's word in our love relationship, it will be stable. But then if we build it on unstable ground, which is our feelings, whenever we get hurt or we get dumped or we get backstabbed or we get lied about, we fall. And why? Why? Because love is supposed to be solid in truth and not unstable in our feelings. 
It's, it's a true feelings are involved in love, but it's not the end all. It's not the end all. You know, we, we have to understand that. We have to check ourselves sometimes. Hey, is this really a feeling or what do I need to work on? See, because what feelings does, feeling says, hey, it's everybody else's fault and not mine. That's not love. Love is coming together and trying to figure this thing out and knowing that, hey, I'm jacked up and you're jacked up as well. We have to, that's love. It's coming in unity. And we can build these solid foundations of love in our friendships, in our marriages, even in our relationship with God. Love is solid, but feelings are unstable. Love is not feelings. How about this? Love doesn't keep score. It does not keep score. See, in life, I really believe that some people, they, they get in an argument in relationships, they get in an argument, they keep score, and they hold that score until they want to use that score at their disposal. And what happens? They, they just argue and argue about the same thing. Why are you bringing old things? Because you're keeping score. Oh, you hurt me here, and I'm going to use it later. Oh, you, you got me here, and I'm going I'm, to, it's keeping score. Let, let me ask you this. What if God kept score on you? You heard that? The air just sucked out of the room. What, what if God kept score on you? When you messed with him or, or you hurt his heart, what if he used it later on at his disposal? But if God is love and we need to be love to the world or to each other, why are we keeping score when God doesn't keep score for us? It, it, that's not love. That's not love. Love gives us the benefit of doubt for each other. It does not say, it, it, it doesn't, I'm not saying that you won't have disagreements because married couples, can, can I get an amen? Some of you were disagreeing on the way here. How that happens all the time? Like you, you start fighting when you come to church. It's called the enemy. See, love, I'm not saying love doesn't mean that you're not going to have disagreements. But what I'm saying is that we need to work together. If you say you love a person, it can't be a one-sided love. We have to know that we have to work this thing out. And this goes not only in relationship like, like marriage couples or dating couples. This can also go with uh, friendships, with coworkers, with peers, husbands, kids. It can go with family members. We have to give each other the benefit of a doubt because one day you want to have the benefit of doubt given to you. Because we're human. We're human. But when we try to put these pressures on each other and hold each other to these standards that later on are, that we're never going to fulfill, we're not walking in love. We have to love one another. That means giving us the benefit. Out. Don't keep score. Colossians. Oh, what the heck was that? Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. Just had, just had a heart attack or something. Right? And above all, put on love, which binds together in, together in perfect harmony. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. Um, uh, hatred stirs up um, strife, but love covers all offense. Somebody needs to write that one down. Because love covers all offense. So that means if you hold offense, you're not living in love. Offense needs to be taken care of out of communication. If there's no communication, there's really no love. You just have a roommate. 
We, we need to understand that, you know, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers it all. Keeping score in relationship, it really doesn't hurt the other person that you're keeping score. It really hurts you, the one that is keeping score. You losing that. You, you losing that. Because you're, you're holding on to something where God suddenly let it go. And be love to one another. It's time to deal with it and move, move in love. Number three, what love isn't? Love isn't lust. I'm coming for you right now. Love isn't lust. There's a difference between I love you uh, for who you are or I love you for what you can give. W- love you for what you give. Singles. If you're single, ready to mingle, I'm there for you, all right? We can, we can get Christian mingle. You can go um, eHarmony E-Harm- is still a thing. Um, you can, all of it, okay? But here's the thing. Do not use love to manipulate your desires. Do not, man or woman, singles, do not use the word love to manipulate your desires. Because you know what? Somebody's going to be hurt out of, out of that. It's either going to be you. Matter of fact, both of you are going to get hurt. Don't use the word love to manipulate your desires. We, you know, let me talk to the men real fast. You know why? Because I am one, okay? Especially the single ones. Lust will lead you more into loneliness. You, you, you're striving to find this connection with a person, and you're dealing with trying to do it with, with lustful thoughts, lustful you know, images, or, or, or manipulating your way into love, and you think it's love, but you're really going to be lonely because lust is not love. This is what lust does. Lust does, it masks itself as love, but you're really moving into your feelings. You're really moving into your lust will direct your mind to do things that your character is trying to fight against. Lust will direct your mind to do things that your character is trying to fight against. So let me tell you this. All you single men, all you single men or ladies, all you single men. Your smooth talk, your one-liners, your lady or men count, it will leave you searching for something real, but you're never going to find something real because you're always activating something false. See, in, the wor- in this world, it, it talks about, um, you know, just go for what you feel. Go- just-, just give in to your feelings. But that's fake love. Love is sacrificial. Love is, is, is saying, I, I want to be the best version of me. I just don't want to just put my cards on the table. And what happens when you put your cards on the table and you get hurt? You have pieces of, you're broken pieces all over the place. When you had the control all along, but you let, let the enemy have your mind and your thought process. And you let lust just, just go crazy in your life. What we said, eros is, it, it, without boundaries, it can be sin. And, and I'm just being completely honest with you. I'm not, oh, you're one of those old school preachers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever, okay? I'm just trying to get you out of hell. There's heaven, there's hell. And my job is get the hell out of you. And get you to heaven. So if I'm going to speak the truth to you, sin outside of marriage is sin. Okay, you did it, whatever. You know, our job as Christians is to try to restrain ourselves 
And the Bible talks about in, in the love is patient, love is patient. There's one that says, um, you know, love is self-control. Self-control. That's love. We have to work these things out. And it's hard. Trust me, when in the, in, I, I couldn't even imagine. I, my children, I can't imagine how their life's going to be because I know what I grew up in, how easy it was to get stuff or look at stuff and everything like that. It's even easier now. Matter of fact, they're enforcing it. Hey, this is the way you get love. But we have to fight against that. We have to fight against that. How about getting out of the singles? How about married men, married women? A wondering eye will leave us to curious lust in our life. A wondering eye is, you know, I'm fighting with my wife. Is there, is there a, a, you know, greener pastures? Is, is, there, is there something better for me? It, it, or I'm just having a good time or nobody will ever know. But I'm here to tell you, God knows. God knows. And the Old Testament talks about this. One of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verse 14 says, you shall not commit adultery. Okay, but then God, Jesus comes on the picture in the New Testament and he flips the script in Matthew chapter five verse eight. He said, okay, not just commit adultery. He says this, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent, you already committed adultery in your heart. He said, okay, not only don't do the act, but if you just look at somebody in a way that is not, you know, pleasing to God in a lustful way, it doesn't matter if you did it or not, you committed it. Because we have to protect our minds. We have to protect our our soul from these lustful thoughts because they will take us down in our life. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22 says, So flee from youthful um, passions and pursue righteousness. Well, there's a word that we never talk about in the church anymore. Righteousness. We have to be right standings in God's eyes and faith and love and peace along with those that, that call with a pure heart. We must flee false love and pursue genuine love in Christ. I hope you're getting something in this. I, I'm, I'm just trying to compact this. I'm trying, I'm trying to help some people in their concept of love because the enemy's trying to tear love apart. One more. Love isn't your identity. What do you mean by that? Love isn't your identity. There's so many people that are want love so bad that when they have a, they, when they have a bit of love, they lose who they are. They lose who they are for love. Your identity is not me feeling good because I have somebody special. Your identity needs to be in Jesus, the anchor for your soul. Human relationships does not neglect our relationship with God. See, this is what some people do. A lot of college students do. I'm calling for you today, okay? So I want you to live this thing out, okay? We come to Jesus and come to church and oh, worship God. Give me my, give me my, give me my man. God, I will worship you. But then that man comes and you don't even come to church anymore. Your relationship is over because your identity was not in Christ. Your identity now becomes in a person. And what happens when we are with people? People hurt us. People hurt us because you're not anchored in your identity in the right ways. Our human relationship to not neglect our relationship with God. First John chapter four, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. So we don't, here's the thing. The only reason we love out to others is because we love in first. 
We have to have our security in God and his love for us, or we'll fall into traps of false security and love in other people. It's the truth. You find your identity, and you're so consumed in love that when that person cheats on you or, or an argument happens, you lose your mind because you don't know who you are anymore because you put your identity in people and not in God. And when love is stripped away from you, we lose our identity. But when our anchor for our souls in Jesus Christ, we, we, we find love in him, but then find love in others. Know your worth. Here's the thing. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> My ADD is so crazy right now. Know your worth before you try to find your worth. Because if you, when you're trying to find it, you're going to find it in other things. You have to know your worth is in Christ. You have to know that your worth, before you're in a relation with somebody else, know that who you are is already anchored in who he is. And I can be whole and, 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 and lacking nothing when I have relationships with others. Because I know that I'm centered in him. Centered in him. All right, so now we know certain things that what love isn't. Now let's know what love is, what love is in our life. And, you know, we talked about these things. I've seen so many, you know, you know, teenagers and families, you know, fall to these lies of the enemy of identity and lust and all these things. But now let's, let's see what love is. Let's go back to the, the main verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 and 8. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It is not envy. It is not boast. It is not proud. It is not dishonor uh, others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It is not, has no record of wrong. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So now that we know what the practical portions of that verse is, let's, let's kind of like summarize it. What love is. Love is commitment. Love is commitment. Love is more, love is more than passion, it is commitment. If you're all about passionate, and I'm just feelings and feelings, and, and things happen, it, love is commitment. That's why it's so important to know for sure before you marry. It, it's because love is committing to one another. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, God, Christ died for us. God committed to us and went all the way through it because he loved us. So by him showing him that type of love for us, we have to have that much more commitment for each other. Love is commitment. Divorce rates are skyrocketing. Why? Because of commitment issues. Commitment issues. Listen, I'm not saying if they cheat on you to just, you know, you know, toughen it out. If they cheat on you, bye, son. You know, bye, bye, bye. You know, but if you want to reconcile it and try to work it out, I'm there for it. We're going to support you and everything. But like, you know, the Bible says, hey, if, if they cheat on you, you, it's, you have a right to like buy if you need to. If you want to bring this thing back together, there has to be a lot of, you know, counseling, a lot of things, you know, get help. But I'm not saying to be in abuse because you're committed. Commitment is different. It goes both ways. Commitment is love. 
Love is commitment, and we see it through Jesus, through the love and commitment for, that he died on us, for us, in the process of hidden death, is showing us love. Number two, what love is. Love is a grind. Love is hard. You know, when, I, when I'm talking to people, and especially young marrieds, they're like, I just can't wait to get married because it could be so much easier. You heard that before, right? And I look at them like, you need to stay at mom's house. You got, you got rice and beans. Stay there. When, I say, when they say that, I'm like, peace be with you. It ain't easy. When me and, Je- when me and Jess got married, it, not that it was, we were going into it as easy, you know. We knew each other for a while, but for us it was different. You know, even culturally, you know. I'm Puerto Rican. She's white. We have different ways of doing stuff in my culture than other cultures, you know. So even that, blending those things together, it, it, it was hard. There was compromise that had to happen. There was understanding that had to happen. There was times where you wanted to say what you want to say, but you just got to shut up because it's not worth it. You know? And then, they, then, then one time Jess got mad and she said, why don't you just go to your mom? She does everything for you. I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> she's not here. She's not here. She'll watch it on live stream. She's good. Love you. Should have been here. I'm just kidding. Love relationships are hard. If you think you're going into it that it's going to be easy, you're mistaking yourself. You're mistaking yourself because it takes work. There's good, there's bad. We need to love and cherish the good, but fight in the bad. See, we, we, just because there's conflict doesn't mean you don't stop loving. That's when love is really activates in our life. We fight for love. It's a grind. It's not easing. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's so worth it because love says that I'm willing to break me for us. I'm willing to break who I am to better us together. See, love, it's, it's breaking my pride, breaking my will, breaking my ideas, breaking my attitude, breaking my stubbornness. Woo! I'm stubborn, and my wife tells me every day. But sometimes I just got to be like, you know what, it's not, if I'm always trying to be the one to win the argument, that's not love. Number one, we're not winning. If we're not, if one person's winning all the time, that's not love. We win together. We win together. I'm willing to put me aside for us to grow. Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. So they no, so they no longer be our two, but one flesh. Whatever, um, what therefore God has joined together may no man separate. It's a grind because it eliminates you and thinks about us. Number three, love is trust. Love, love can't flourish without trust. If you have trust issues, you need to figure it out before you enter into a love relationship. I'm telling you, we're not. Do not enter into relationship without with your love with your with your trust issues, because trust issues puts you on edge. 
Trust issues always looking over your shoulder. Trust issues, you're always paranoid because you have trust issues. See, I'm not, your trust issues are always attached to this thing called fear. It's a fear because I was hurt at one point or, or I was done wrong at one point. And I'm not here to say get over your fear. I'm not saying to get over your trust issue. I'm saying get help. Get help. It's okay to go to get help for your trust issues before you enter a relationship. Because what's happening is you get into a relationship and you have these trust issues and you're always fighting, you're always bickering, and you're never going to grow in love. It's because you can't grow. You have to grow in yourself first. You have to know your weaknesses. You have to know your weaknesses. I learned real quick in my relationship with Jess that I have anger problems. I have anger problems. I'm being real with you. I mean, I don't, not like physical or anything, but like, I just yell sometimes. I, I, I you know, when I, when I, when I'm, when I'm, when I feel like I'm being attacked, I, I, I just get loud. And I had to learn that it doesn't work in arguments getting loud with my wife. But if I, but if it was all about me, I'd be like, you just got to deal with it because this is who I am. That don't work. But what love does, it says, through these issues that we come into this relationship, I'm willing to grow in this. I'm willing to grow in my trust issues. Because your love and relationship, it grows together when trust is solid. First John chapter 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfect in love. True love trusts, but also true love protects each other's trust for each other too. We have to protect each other. We have to, we have to protect that love. Number four, in, as I close, love is forgiveness and grace. Forgiveness and grace. Love is having forgiveness and grace. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Adore in, abhor in evil. Hold fast to what is good. Forgiveness holds love hostage. Unforgiveness holds love hostage. When you hold unforgiveness, you can't love the way God wants us to love in our relationships. We, we, we need to understand that to be genuine in love, we have to forgive one another. We have to come into this knowing that, hey, we're not robots and we're going to fail. Like, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, but together with our imperfections, we can make something great. We, we can love each other through these things and support each other. It's open communication. See, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God forgave us. Love forgives, but also love gives grace. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you, may know how you ought to answer each other. If you go with the first thing that comes to your head when you're in an argument, it's probably not the right thing to say at that moment. Because <laughs> in the moment, you're only thinking about you. I fall 
failure to this all the time. I'm hearing my wife, and I love her at all, but I want her to hear what I got to say too. So I'm not really listening to her. I'm really listening to my brain of what I want to say when you're done with that conversation. So say what you got to say, and then I come. She's like, have you even listened to anything I said? Yeah. No. Because I'm only thinking about me. So why am I telling you that? Why am I telling you all my dirty secrets? Because I'm wanting you to know that love is not going to be perfect all the time. It's always work. It's always a grind. It's always putting yourself, uh, you know, number two at times. But it's so worth it. God made this institution of marriage and love and relationships. And it's so worth it. Because when you are in love, perfect love, when you're in love the way the Bible identifies it, it's past your expectations. It's something deeper. We need to learn to love not at a surface level, but at a deeper level in our relationships. I pray at Axios Church that our marriages and our relationships will be healthy. Like we, How great would that be that you know we can have all the, the, the flashy lights and all the buildings and everything, but I, I'd rather have healthy marriages than all that. I'd rather have healthy relationships, people knowing what relationships and love is all about than us having the best of everything. Because that's the thing that matters. Because if God loved us first, we have to learn what love is so we can love each other as well in relationships or out of relationships. But we have to have the truth. And we have to live love in truth and not in lies. So love is commitment. Love is a grind, love is hard. We have to learn how to love and trust and forgive one another. But through this, love can grow and we lacking nothing. We thrive in love in all aspects of love because we are growing. We're whole. It's not about us. It's not about self-gratifying ourselves, but it's about others. If love is all about you, you're doing love wrong. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay our lives down for a brother and sister. It's all about love. Now that we know what love isn't, now that we know what love is, we can start living the truth in love. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I, I know this is not a message to probably like, you know, like I said, shake us into our core. And if this is just for us to really understand what love is all about. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank you.